guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. Today I'm going to be talking about the U.S. Women's National Team games, some NWSL stuff, and recapping my first month of college for you guys. Um, since the NWSL was on an international break, there was not a lot to cover there, but I will make sure everyone is up to date on games and all the news and what's been going on. Um, if there is a little bit of background noise, I apologize in advance. The um, store across the street from my dorm um, is under construction and of course we get woken up at you know it's not that early but we get woken up to the noise of like jackhammers and stuff so I'm sorry if that carries over onto here but with that being said thanks for listening and let's get into things okay so I'm gonna quickly start off this section by apologizing in advance for any you know, lawn mowing or background noise that you hear. Um, I'm back home and I'm trying to find the um, best place for there to be no background noise. But with that being said, um, we're just going to get into talking about the NBSL. Although there were no NWSL games last week, we are going to talk about the games from the 10th to the 12th since those just missed out on my last podcast episode. And I figured they would be important enough to cover. So first game during that stretch of time was the Houston Dash for Chicago Red Stars. Um, these were the last games for the teams before the international break, so all the teams were at their full potential, had everyone there, most, like, didn't have injuries, so it was really good to see that. Um, these two teams either have a great time scoring, or it's a very back-and-forth battle to get shots off and into the back of the net. Um, all of their stats were fairly easy, even, with shots on goal being different by two. Um, however, Chicago is, like, the queen of corner kicks. They love to box out in the corner, and... Mal Pugh is incredible at taking those swinging shots into the corners. Um, and, you know, they often score off of those. Um, at the end of the match, they had 11 corners compared to the Dash's two. Um, Rachel Daly was able to slip a, Paul, a ball past Cassie Miller in the 22nd minute to score a goal. And the goal was assisted by Christy Mewis, and both of them headed off to their respective national team camps after this game. Um, with that goal, Daly surpassed Kelly Ojai um, Watts, goal in the club history for the most NWSL regular season career goals. The Dash captain has scored six goals against the Red Stars, the most against any NWSL team in her career. In the 77th minute, Casey Kruger was able to notch off a goal off a free kick rebound, which equalized the game. For the next 13 minutes, it stayed very even and ultimately ended in a draw for the teams. They each had a handful of other opportunities, the best chances coming from Christy Muse in the 31st minute for the Dash and the pressure on the corners from Chicago where they so often convert. Um, it was a really great game, and anytime Casey scores or any defender scores, it's exciting. So, good for Chicago on that one. Um, then there was the Orlando Pride versus Racing Louisville game. This game saw Ashlyn Harris on the injury list under concussion protocol from a tackle the week before. For as good as this game was for the Pride, Louisville faced some serious losses. In the 13th minute, a tackle from Phoebe McLaren took Nadia Nadim down, and she was on the ground for a while before eventually being stretchered off. It was later announced that she tore her ACL and will be out for the rest of the season. Um, Nadim joined the team in late July. Oh my gosh! In late July and made an immediate impact. She was named to the league's team of the month for August. She had been expected to join the Denmark national team for World Cup qualifiers this week in what would have been her 100th career national appearance, but unfortunately, that did not happen. She did say that she was doing okay and is hoping to make it back for um, Euros next year. So. We will see how her recovery goes. Um, Sydney LaRue kicked off scoring in the 30th minute, which put her back on top of the leaderboard for the Golden Boot. Uh, Marta added another one four minutes later to finish out the half. 
In the second half, CC Kaiser was able to get one past Aaron McLeod, who was in goal for the game. Louisville was still down, and Alex Morgan added to that, scoring just four minutes after being subbed into her first game with the team since returning from the Olympics. Um, she had an injury sidelining her. She was out for a while. She came back, scored, um, and then left for national team camp. The game ended 3-1 to with the Orlando Pride securing a much-needed three points at home. The last game of the weekend was North Carolina versus the Portland Thorns. Both teams have basically solidified their place in the playoffs, so neither team needed the win, but it sure didn't hurt the Thorns, who already had a big lead. Um, the first half was scoreless, but in the second half, Sophia Smith, who has been on fire lately, scored um, a goal. Her goal in the 57th minute was the only one that happened that game, although a few um, others got close chances off, like Morgan Weaver and Crystal Dunn. It has been really great to see Crystal Dunn playing the central mid position with the Thorns, and I really hope that that translates onto the national team soon, because she's crucial in any role she plays, but she's expressed wanting to play forward and midfield, so when a player wants to play somewhere, you know that they're going to be giving it their all, even more than she's already giving her position on the team and you could put crystal dunn anywhere i think that you could put crystal dunn in goal and she would still be amazing at what she does and so um vlaco if you're listening to this play crystal dunn in the midfield just just let's see what happens she'll probably assist a bunch of goals maybe score one or two um because she is just so good and it's really important to listen to what the players want obviously you can't always give them what they want but this is an easy change and like, for the national team camping games that just happened, we had two big parts of the midfield missing with Lindsay Horan and Sam Mewis being sidelined by injury. So you could have easily slotted Crystal Dunn up, but we will get into that in a little bit when I talk about the national team games. Um, the last game that was supposed to happen that, this, that last weekend was the Washington Spirit versus the OL Reign game, but the Spirit were forced to forfeit due to COVID breakout. Um, which they ended up forfeiting the Thorns game as well. And so they are in a, like, they got negative six for goal difference um, on top of whatever they already had. Um, there were also a breach of COVID protocols. So since then, the team has been fined for breaking several rules involving um, break of quarantine and stuff like that. Um, along with that, more and more people are leaving the Spirit organization, primarily the women who are in leadership positions, um, this comes with allegations that the owners of the Spirit would use derogatory names towards players and staff, mostly the women's staff, and it very much was like a boys club, and um, none of the men who are in charge should be in charge, and um, like, why are you letting men still control what happens in the women's game when women have clearly expressed that they feel more comfortable playing for women who understand their play and also why are you hiring people who have allegations against them like it makes no sense to me um the league really needs to step in and do something soon or else um i really think that the washington spirit could fold and that sucks to say because the washington spirit is one of the original teams for the nwsl and when you only have like two of those left standing obviously you want to keep as many around as you can and if the Washington Spirit folds, you're getting rid of another team and a very loyal fan base. The Spirit Squadron is so loyal and dedicated to their fan to their players. And like obviously they want what's best for them. And that's not what's happening right now. Um, Andy Sullivan said that, you know, national team camps are usually very stressful, but it felt like a less stressful environment than being with her club team. 
And that is saying something because it means that there's so much shit going on at the spirit organization. And it just seems like Lisa and NWCL are just kind of like glazing over the fact that all this stuff is happening. But we need to be putting player safety and players, um, just the players in general, we need to be putting them first. And it doesn't really seem like that's happening with the spirit. So I do hope that things change soon. Um, during the NWSL break, the Houston Dash also played Tigres. Um, the game marked the end of Christine Naren's career as she retired to join the Houston Fire Department. Naren is an original member of the NWSL, and she was the seventh overall pick in the inaugural NWSL College Draft in 2013. So she's really been there through and through. Um, she has played in 167 NWSL matches across all competitions over the last eight seasons, including 155 regular season games for the Seattle Reign, which is now OL Reign, um, the Washington Spirit, Orlando Pride, and the Houston Dash. Naren was subbed off in the 78th minute to a standing ovation and cheers. Um, she received so many hugs, and there was so many tears um, from her teammates, her, her family, and they did a little celebration for her before the game. Obviously, like for some of these players coming to terms with the fact that it's the end of your career, it's probably really difficult, especially because a lot of athletes retire very young. And so she just turned 31 today. And so, like, obviously she still could have kept playing, but there's other things to do. And she talked about how, you know, she has given so much to soccer and it's given so much to her, but now she wants to give back to the city of Houston by joining the fire department. And I really am wishing her all the best in that because that is amazing. And she did have an incredible career. Um, the Houston Dodge ended up beating Tigres 5-1, to one, which was redemption from the last time the two teams played each other, which the Houston Dash lost. Um, in the 19th minute, Brie Vasali scored, putting them up 1-0. to zero. Um, Makame Gomera-Stevens scored her first professional goal just minutes later in the 23rd of a ball from Veronica Latsko that bounced off the crossbar. Guys, Makame's goal was so pretty. Um, and I'm so excited that she scored her first goal. Like, that was so exciting. Good for her. Um, the Dash were able to put another one on the board before the half ended with Nichelle Prince winning the ball, beating the defender in the corner, and hitting a shot along the ground into the far corner to make it 3-0 at the half-hour mark. Um, I love Nichelle Prince. I think everybody should love Nichelle Prince. Nichelle Prince is amazing. And her goal was just as amazing as her. And it's really exciting to see um, her, you know, getting back into a rhythm with Houston after being away at the Olympics. Um, at the start of the second half, Veronica Latsko added another one, sco this time scoring her own goal instead of assisting, but she was an integral part to this game. Um, Makame scored another one, so her first goal, and then she made it a brace on top of that, so good for her. Um, and that was another assist by Latsko. Um, Veronica Latsko played an integral part in this win with her long passes and assists. Um, Tigres was able to get one in the back of the net off the header from Caddy Martinez in the 80th minute, but the dash walked away comfortably with the four with the five to one win. And good for them, honestly. It was it's really exciting to see like the NWL teams play like these um, international friendlies, I guess you want to call them. Um, and I think it just proves like how how intense women's soccer is all over the world and how there's so many talented players out there and we just have to like make women's sports more accessible so that everybody can watch the talent everywhere because it shouldn't be fair that um, the NWSL games are only easy to access in the United States. But like what if I want to watch games 
in other places, it's difficult to because they're not super accessible. And that was actually something that Tobin Heath had talked about at the U.S. Um, Women's National Team Camp Press Conference. She talked about how even now she has trouble finding games. And, like, it's ridiculous that, you know, the men's game gets more and more coverage, but the women's game just kind of is tossed aside because the women's game is so amazing and everybody should be watching it and paying attention to it. Um, and so I just think that everything needs to be more accessible with streaming and stuff like that. Like, I shouldn't have to dig for VPNs to watch, like, World Cup qualifiers. It's ridiculous. But in other NWSL news, Kansas City um, unveiled plans today for the team's new $15 million training facility in Riverside. Um, Directly from the Kansas City press release, they said, the complex will include two grass pitches and more than 17,000 square feet meticulously designed. The layout includes comprehensive team training features such as world-class locker room, elite weight and cardio rooms, and multiple outdoor and gathering spaces. Finally, the complex will house the team's front office activities and include spacious areas focused on nutrition and wellness. This is what is meant to be the standard for women's sports, and they are making great moves to do so with this new facility. Um, These players have been through so much with... Utah folding, moving to Kansas City, having a really rough start to the season, not winning their first game until, like, you know, July or something like that. And so the fact that the work is being done behind the scenes for them to have these world-class facilities and all this stuff is really exciting. Um, The project is expected to be completed by 2022 for the team to use. Um, And so hopefully by the start of next season, they will be able to use this world-class facility and their training will just be amazing. Um, Kansas City also announced that the team will play its home matches at Children's Mercy Park in 2022. So this is where the um, men's MLS team plays in Kansas City. And when Kansas City had an NWSL team a few years ago, they were kind of like, no, you can't play here. They didn't really work together. And so the fact that things are getting better and looking up and that Kansas City will be playing at Children's Mercy Park is so exciting. Um, They played its inaugural season at Legends Field. um, And although they've been having a great time there, you know, undefeated in their last four home matches, you want to play at a world-class field. You want to pack a stadium. And that is hopefully what they will be doing. Now all they need to do is find a solid name because KC NWSL is really a mouthful. Now we move on to the U.S. Women's National Team game. Um, During the FIFA International break, they played two friendlies against Paraguay. Um, Camp seemed to go well. There were a lot of exciting people back in camp like Mallory Pugh and Sophia Smith being back. Um, You had Andy Sullivan, Katarine Macario, um, Casey Kruger was there, obviously. Um, It was basically like their Olympic tour, so everybody was there except Kristen Press, who... um, Decided to take a break for her mental health. And then Megan Rapino sidelined with injury. Sam Mewis, sidelined with injury. Same for Lindsay Horan and Alyssa Nair. But Sam and Alyssa were there for rehab purposes and to, like, check in about their progress. And so it was nice to see that they were still at camp. Um, the first game ended 9-0 with Carly Lloyd scoring five of the nine goals. That is one way to kick off your retirement tour, basically, because obviously this is supposed to be like a post-Olympic friendlies, but they're kind of turning it into like the Carly Lloyd tour um, because those two were two of her last games. She'll play two more games with the national team before officially retiring, and then she'll finish out the season with Gotham before 
retiring from soccer altogether. Um, Andy Sullivan started the game and was crucial in the midfield. She scored her first international goal in the 25th minute, and that was so exciting. Um, That has been a long time coming, and she even said after the game that she wants to be a mainstay on this team, and she deserves to be a mainstay on this team. Um, Every time she would get called up, it was kind of like she was a backup. Um, She would get called in, didn't play a lot. She would get called in and then get hurt after. And so I do hope that, you know, the injuries leave her and Mal Pugh and Roosevelt alone so that they could really um, become a good trio on this team because the three of them work so well together. They did at the Spirit. They do on the national team and they really create a lot of chances. Um, We also saw starts from Mallory Pugh and Chrissy Mewis, both players who created a lot of chances in their position. Mal Pugh actually assisted three of the nine goals that happened that night, and so that was actually, like, so exciting. She came in, Carly Lloyd scored in the third minute, Mal assisted, um, Carly scored again in the sixth minute, then we had Andy's goal with an assist from Lynn, and then Lynn got her own goal in the 30th minute, which Mal assisted. Um, You know, Mal was probably seeking her own goal that night, but it didn't happen, but, I mean, I think that three assists is great. Um... Carly scored back-to-back 34th and 38th minute, um, Andy assisting one, and then after that, Andy got her her second goal in the 49th minute. Um, Carly Lloyd scored again with an assist from Katarina Macario, who I think that cat is so incredible. She knows exactly what she's doing, and she is so, like, smart when she plays, um... She's been on fire for Lyon, like, really playing so well. And so I'm glad that she got a lot of minutes at these friendlies. I wish that she would have gotten a lot of minutes at the Olympics. But it is what it is. Um, That is in the past. We are moving forward from the Olympics um, because that was a rough time. (laughs) Um, The center-back pairing of Tierna Davidson and Becky Sauerbrunn is something that I'm a big fan of. I think that um, Tierna really is aware of her space and tracks her position really really well and you know the the rookie in Tierna and like the veteran in um Becky even though I wouldn't really say Tierna's a rookie but she is one of the younger ones on the team I would say that like they pair really well together because you have experience versus someone who like is not really afraid to get into the mix of things and they're both really smart about how they hold that position down um Lynn Williams starting, I think, is amazing. I think that now that she's getting consistently called up, the nerves of the national teamness of it all is going away, and she's just playing to play. Because when you get called up and then don't get called up for another three camps, obviously you know that you're not like you have to put on such a performance in order to get called up again. And so I think that um, her getting consistently called up and having someone who seems to like really believe in her um, has been great. And I think that it'll continue to show when she plays. Um, prior to the games, head coach Flacco Andonovsky announced that Lindsey Horan would not be available and Tobin Heath would be limited to 20 minutes at most each game due to her heading off to Arsenal right after. Tobin being on limited minutes didn't stop her, though, because she was subbed on in, like, the 80th minute, I think, and then scored in the 86th minute to finish it off. Um, that goal was so pretty. Tierna sent such a beautiful cross to to- right to Tobin's foot. Tobin settled it, one touch into the back of the box, and it was wonderful. The second game played in Cincinnati, Ohio, was literally the Roosevelt ce- celebration, and I loved every single minute of it. The environment at the stadium was so fun. It- everyone was so excited to be there. 
Um, when they announced Rose, like, we went crazy. Um, I, we jumped out of our seat so many times. The announcer would, like, when someone scored, they'd be like, Alex! And then everyone would be like, yo, Morgan! And it was, like, a whole thing. It was fun. It was so much fun. Um, the starting lineup was on point uh, with Sophia Smith getting her first international start. And I just want to thank Vlacko because I, that was for me. Uh, I am the self-proclaimed biggest Sophia Smith stan. Um, I am so excited to see that she is, you know, get growing into herself and really flourishing right now. And the fact that she started her first international game and scored her first international goal when I was there, like it was just, it was meant to happen. And it was because it was almost my birthday. So she did it just for me. Um, Mallory Pugh started alongside her. We saw Andy Sullivan, Roosevelt, and Katarina Macario in that midfield, which worked incredibly well together. They were really, like, strong in the midfield, and that was one of the biggest weak links at the Olympics was the midfield. It seemed like the midfield was kind of, like, letting a lot of balls slip through, and, you know, that's, that's the first line of defense. And so, yeah, you have the defenders, but when the midfield isn't tracking enough, then the defense has a hard time catching up to things. And it was just, um, the Olympics were a mess. But I think that if you had players, when you had players like Katarina Macario and Chrissy Mewis and you didn't use them, um, that was one of the biggest downfalls is that we didn't utilize everyone we had at the Olympics. And I'm hoping that, you know, they'll start to realize that and bring in some new faces and start utilizing these players who are so good. Um... We also had Casey Kruger and Tierna Davidson starting together, a familiar Chicago pairing. I enjoyed this lineup so much because it felt like a step towards the future. Um, the U.S. tweeted that it was like the youngest roster at um, age 26.2 or something like that since 2018. And obviously, we still want it to be a little bit younger, but that is such an improvement from, you know, the average age of the roster being like 37. Um, that's a little bit high, but you guys get my point. It did seem like the Thorns were limiting minutes, with Crystal Dunn not playing and Becky Sauerbrunn subbing in late in the game. Uh, Roosevelt kicked off scoring with a header in the fourth minute, which we all went crazy about. Sophia Smith added another one to the tally a few minutes later, and um, I won't lie when I say that I cried. I did. I'm emotional. My favorite scored. It was exciting. Um, I love how she controls the ball and moves around defenders, and she has really been coming into herself. So I was excited to see her start, and that was just it was just so fun. Um, Alex Morgan was able to score a hat trick with two coming in the first half and the second one coming in the second half, the third one coming in the second half. Um, Katarina Nakario also scored her first international goal, but she decided to make it a brace scoring another one. Um, her goal in the 82nd minute, which ended scoring in the game was a beautiful volley from right outside the box. She slotted it into the net with ease. Um, and it was really such a nice play. Like the ball that got to her feet and then Tobin guarded the defender and, Cat was able to just, you know, hit the back of the net. Um, I think that the biggest downfall for Paraguay was their formation. They played in a 4-2-3-1, which from needing to be defensively heavy, it limited their ability to push forward. So there were a bunch of good long balls from people. Um, and they could have had a lot more chances if they were able to press forward more. But when you're playing a team like the U.S. who is, like, sending so many numbers forward sometimes, it's hard to um, want to press forward too much because you know that it'll expose your defenders. Um, but I do think that having one lone person up front to try to score wasn't the best plan. Um, and I hope, I really do hope that, like, they can get more funding or play more often so that... The, 
because these teams have so much talent and they can be great. It's just like we have more resources to play more often. And it's so unfortunate that there's these national teams that are so good, but they only play, you know, like twice a year. So they don't get the chances to make it to the World Cup or stuff like that. And so I really do hope that like with the world, like with teams expanding and stuff like that, like these teams that are kind of overlooked all the time will get more chances to play. Um, after the game, Roosevelt gave a little speech about how she loved growing up in Cincinnati and playing there and it holds such a special place in her heart. And she said something to like the little kids, like if you are a little kid out there and you're, you want to do this one day, like I was like you one day. And it was really cute to see how much like the city of Cincinnati just adores her. Um, hopefully she supports the campaign for NWSL to Cincy because we would love to see an expansion there at some point. I think that obviously the NWSL has um, LA and San Diego coming now, but I do think that we need to start targeting different markets. So get another Midwest team. Ohio would be great. Um, And so we'll see what happens on that front. Um, A few players went around and signed stuff at the end of the game. Tobin Heath and Kelly O'Hara gave away their jerseys. Rose also signed her boost boots and toss them into the crowd and she tossed one in my like my where I was standing but it was a little too far over for me to try to gently push someone out of the way to grab it um overall the games were kind of an ego boost for the U.S. but it was nice to see them play and look like they enjoyed what they were doing as opposed to the to the Olympics where it looked like they were dreading each game um hopefully we will see some younger faces like Katarina Macario and Sophia Smith stay at these upcoming camps and then others like Naomi Gurma, Bethany Balser, um, Jalen Howell, Emily Fox, like th- those are just some names off the top of my head. I do hope that we start to see them get more and more involved in camps and get calls up, called up because it is important to start developing, um, you know, younger players, especially when you think about the fact that Carly Lloyd's retiring, uh, Megan Rapino, Becky Sauerbrunn might not be too far behind, um, And so a lot of the players that we are relying heavily on now are at the ends of their careers. And so who knows if they will be at the next Olympics. Like World Cup is manageable, but next Olympics, like that's a lot. And some players might decide to top out in between. And so we need to be prepared for that to happen. And the U.S. will hopefully head in the right direction. With that under Vlaco, hopefully November camp, January camp, we will see some new faces. Now, hopefully by the time you guys hear this episode, I will be back home in New Jersey, um, probably on my way to Gotham versus North Carolina game if I update this, upload this at the right time, and so that's very exciting. Now, I do need to make it clear, though, that I'm not going home because I'm homesick, but more so because I had the opportunity the week before my 18th birthday, so why not take it? Um, I think that homesickness is something that a lot of people definitely deal with but it's not something that I think I've personally had to deal with obviously I miss my family but um it's not to the point where I feel like I need to go home there's some people at school who go home every weekend and good for them that they're able to do that but I don't think that that would be beneficial to me um personally and so I'm glad that I haven't felt homesick and felt the need to want to be home because I really do enjoy it here Um, I have been at college for over a month and I can 100% say that I am so happy here. Um, I enjoy the classes that I'm taking, the people I've had a chance to meet, and like even if I haven't seen people in person, the people that I've just like talked to. um, My campus 
is so beautiful guys and now that it's starting to become fall the leaves are falling and it's just it's so pretty um it is under construction a little bit and that's a little bit annoying but um they're just making it more beautiful um and there's always something to do like there's always an event going on or a place to go or people's room to hang out with and so it really is not an isolating experience at all for me and I do want to say that like I'm just talking from personal experience obviously everyone's college experience is different and if you are struggling with your first semester of college like that's completely okay and it's okay to feel homesick or you know feel like you're not fitting in or finding people right away. Claire and I literally felt like that like the entire first three weeks of school and sometimes I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I mean obviously it's only been five weeks and so you have to give yourself time. Um, but my favorite class so far is for sure media history so shout out to Professor Kennard for that. Um, it's really such a cool class that focuses on where media started like, I would never be able to be doing my podcast right now if people hadn't drawn photos in caves or created the printing press. And it's so interesting to see, like, where things started and where they are now. And I really have always loved stuff like that. And obviously, this class is something in my major. And so I feel really in my element. Um, and it's definitely the one I look forward to the most. Um, another thing I would say is if something is difficult, change it. Um... I was definitely one of those people who did not quite listen to people when they were like, give yourself an easy schedule. Um, and I let the school put me in a more difficult Spanish class. And for the first two weeks of class, I had no idea what I was doing. And so if you are struggling, change it. Because I was in third semester Spanish and now I'm in second semester Spanish. And it is so much easier. And I feel like I know what I'm doing now. One of the best things that happened was getting a planner. Um... So shout out to Gianna. Thank you so much for getting me that planner. I feel more organized than I've ever been in my like entire life. Um, there's so much going on with assignments and it can be so overwhelming if you don't like have a plan for what you're doing and like you get the syllabus and so you know what you're doing literally the entire semester and so you're able to plan out and do what you want. So, like, because I knew I was coming home this weekend, I did all my Spanish work up until next Wednesday because it's available and because you can do stuff like that. But um, I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't have a planner to write things out. And so definitely make sure that you're keeping track of what you need to do. Um, really in anything, but especially in college, I found that it's been so helpful for me personally. Um, it's really such a learning curve. And something that I have been learning more about myself lately is that it's okay to say no and not feel bad about it. Like, you don't have to feel guilty about absolutely everything you do. Um, like, I'm working for a sports website doing some writing, and they asked if I could go to a game. And I was planning on going home with my roommate, so I said no, because I wanted to go home with my roommate. I could have said yes, I could have stayed on campus, gone to the game, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I said no, and it was okay. And so it's really about, like, I feel like college is such a good time to learn more about yourself and learn what you want to do and focus on you and what you want to do. And, like, I feel like it sounds so cliche, but, like, make sure you're putting yourself first because you don't want to overwhelm yourself when there's so much other change happening. Um, listen to your mental and physical needs. Make sure you find something you love each day, even if it is calling home. Um, finding people, even if they aren't your forever people, is so important. Um, join a club, um, not 10, but at least one club. I'm doing this dance show called Orcasis, and it makes me so happy to just keep moving and dancing. Um, and then I'm doing another club called Prism, and that's it, because it's also important to have time for yourself. When you're sharing a room with someone you've 
only met five weeks ago, it can be a little bit tricky. I love Clara. Clara is such a good roommate and she's such a good person. But sometimes we need our space and sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to do this thing for myself. And so make sure that you're not doing everything with the people that, you know, you're living with or the people that you went to high school with because it is important to find your own little group um, or your own space because if you, if you're like go, go, go all the time, you will crash and burn very quickly, which is basically what I did all of, you know, middle school and high school. And I'm actively avoiding that in college because I want to make sure that I'm enjoying my time here. Um, and obviously this is all still a work in progress for me because it's been five weeks. There's still a lot to go, but I can honestly say that like, I'm more happy here than I was ever in high school. And I think it's just because I'm learning and doing things the way I want to do and not like with the pressure of like, you need to get into a good college. Um, I think that it's just important to um, enjoy everything that you do. And that is such like a cliche, but it is so true. Um, And then a little bit more about what I've been doing here. Um, It's a lot of walking, so much walking, lots of stairs, lots of hills. Um, the food is okay. It depends on the day. It depends on where you eat. It is tolerable, but my roommate and I do have a lot of food in our room so that we could make stuff. Um, classes are good. Uh, I had my first exam, um, this past week. Did not do that great, even though I studied for three hours, but it's okay. It was the first one. It's okay. It's out of the way. It's done now. Um... But basically what I'm just trying to say is make sure you try your best to enjoy it and do things for yourself. And yeah, your academics are important, but jobs are not going to be like, oh, they didn't get all A's. Like, it's okay to give yourself a little bit of leniency sometimes. And that's something that I'm learning too. So just give yourself room to grow and room to breathe. And yeah. With that being said, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mickey Mike's Up. I am so glad that you guys were able to listen. And if anyone has any specific questions about college or anything NWSL related or really just anything in general, um, don't be afraid to shoot me a message on Instagram at Mickey Mike's Up, which is my new Insta to talk about all things this podcast. Um, I have some super cool plans for this podcast and the support follows and shares encourage me to keep working towards them. Um, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey underscore Alfano, um, like, share, follow, all that stuff, and I will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening.